Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. These men are consummate snowball artists. Mackey and Judd. Is this true? Yes, it's true. On 1500 ESPN. You know, thank you, Matt Hasselbeck, on two fronts. Number one, for joining. That was a fun conversation and uh, available on demand later if you missed it. And thank you for pointing out the absurdity of the the NFL Combine as it relates to quarterbacks and performance. Now, I totally understand if you're looking for an edge rusher and, and you're looking for speed or whatever, there's qualities that you just have to have physically to get to a quarterback within two seconds or something, right? Like, okay, then that then speed might matter, or three-cone drill. But the way he put it was so precisely brilliant but also simple. If Tom Brady were to do the NFL Combine activities right now, he'd be it would be laughable. I mean, you it, he would make a fool of himself. Yep. And yet he has a handful but of Super Bowl rings. How, how many times have have we, we even had this discussion about the Combine? The Combine is the is the worst thing because it misleads you. Like you scout guys all year, right? You scout guys, you go to the Vikings and all teams go to countless college games and yes. watch guys play football, and then they get plopped into this. Basically, run the forty. I like in the com- the combine is this. The combine is trying to find a wife and going to a singles bar. Hmm. You don't get personality. Like if you like, it should be more like Tinder, where you just swipe right digitally, or what? Are you no, saying? no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying, <laughs> if you meet someone who who you fall in love with, you do that because you get to know them, right? I mean, we've all come across people where, where we're like, oh, sure, she's cute, she's okay, and then you talk to her and you're like, oh wow, personality is great. This this is a great person. Are there singles bars, by the way, like where you like only single people go to? Or well, is I mean, it just like call, bars with singles, that. But, single people? But my point being is the the combine is all about, oh my gosh, this guy runs so fast, he's got such a great physique. Yeah. No, it's, it's not, not football. I think it's helpful information. Like, I want to know who the fastest skill position players are for sure. Like, it's good to know that Jarek McKinnon is not only fast on film, but like he's just straight line fast. It's It's good additive information. But... When you go to the Combine and you watch Troy Williamson run a 4-3-40 and think, holy crap, we have to draft that guy in the top 10, look how fast he is, Mm -hmm. ignoring the fact that he never caught more than like 50 passes in college, that he only runs one route, and that he's not like mentally equipped or or whatever to run the routes he needs to. Right. Yes. I mean, that doesn't matter. Like, I'll take plotting Chris Carter before I'll take... Burning wheels, Troy Williamson. But the combine, the combine takes the co- you. You know, if you're a scout or a team, you know a ton of stuff going into the combine, and then you get there, and it's like teams forget it. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, but I mean, look at how quick this guy. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, think about this one: offensive lineman running the forty. 
Why? Well, but here's why. So again, this is you'd never want to base your entire draft strategy off of that drill. But if I have a guard who's going to be pulling on a regular basis in my offensive blocking scheme, I want to know, can you get to the linebacker? I can figure can that get, out. Can you get to the edge? I can figure that out from scouting games in which they play. Well, and, and I agree. Like, I don't need the combine. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying the combine helps you determine, okay, this is the fastest guard of the bunch, and we have a pulling guard offense on a more regular basis than other teams do. And so I, I all I'm saying is you shouldn't ignore the combine, but you should never put the majority of your stock into what you see at the combine. The combine does more more bad than good because the the combine But that's like saying too that well the, Twitter does more bad than good. Well no, it's like the people who abuse Twitter or abuse technology. Right, but teams can't like, help here's themselves. Here's a tool. Right. It's up to you how right. much you use the tool. But teams yeah. can't help themselves. Yes, and scouting isn't perfect either by far because sure. football's the ultimate game of you rely on 10 people and it happens to be the defense you're playing against. You know, if you're a kid out of Auburn and you're going up against Alabama every year, it's a lot different than a, than a kid out of uh, Ohio yeah. State and you're going up against the you know Northwestern defense, the, the Gopher defense. The Alabama right guard looks a lot faster against Holy Cross than against LSU. Correct. So, you know, it's, yeah, eye test shouldn't be the only thing. And combine is more like analytically driven where we need a cornerback who's this tall and does this in this drill and this in that drill, you should mix the two together. If you have the ability to not get fooled, it's fine. But the problem is you get fooled. Christian Ponder is the perfect example. Christian Ponder, the Vikings sat down with Christian and thought, this guy is really smart. And guess what? Off the football field, he was. But they got fooled because football-wise, it wasn't going to work. It was never going to work. But they thought to themselves, well, we found this really intelligent young man who's going to be our quarterback – well, if you if you had gone to talk, if you were talking to him for a front office job, something like that, it would have worked. I'll bet there's more. I bet. I mean, I think you have to isolate quarterback because I think it's a lot easier to get fooled one way or the other with quarterbacks at the combine and at these pro day workouts at colleges. Oh my God, Teddy Bridgewater, like you know, he was inaccurate at this pro day. It's like, yeah, but okay. The dude was a surgeon between yeah. five and 15 yards in college. Oh, yeah. And well, also in his first two years in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, Tom Brady, you might look at him in college and say, Oh, there's some leadership qualities there for sure. He's, you know, big body, pretty decent arm and played some big time college football, but Holy crap. Look what he looks like with his shirt off at the combine. Oh, I'm not going to draft that guy in the top three rounds. Mm-hmm. No, he's got a dad body. He's like 22 and he's got a dad bot already. What's he going to look like when he's 40? Well, <laughs> Pretty damn, Better. Yeah. pretty damn good, I guess. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, we talked yesterday about the NFL changing the catch rule officially. They also have introduced a new rule regarding tackling and or lowering your helmet that yeah. I think opens up a whole new can of worms. We should get to that when we come back here. And more Twins discussion at the bottom of the hour with Dan Hayes from The Athletic of Minnesota. It's Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. Ready or not. On 1500 ESPN. Are you here by Circle? Breaking Circle Me Burt news. <laughs> he got his way. Breaking Circle Me Burt news. This is big. This is big. Are you here by Circle? So Fox Sports North sends out this tweet 21 minutes ago. <laughs> so there's been so much bas- backlash here. Circle Me Burt started as an organic on-air element and is not going away. It will continue in its original form. Burt Blylevin will continue to circle fans on TV. 
the winner circle concept by Minnesota Lottery, separate from Circle Me Bert, is evolving to include more fans. Just like we explained. They listen to the show, clearly. No, this is, I think this was the intent the whole time. They're just explaining it more now. I don't think they were ever going to get rid of the Circle Me Burt. I think what they were saying is we are going to disassociate it from the sponsor. Yes. So so this but, was but the Bert, original. But Burt lit Bert, it all on fire. I know he did. Burt <laughs> caused a meltdown in this. Th- you could. Bert. You could trade Carl Anthony Towns. You would not get this response. You could release Kirk Cousins. You would not get this response. You could send Buxton and Sano to the Rays for a couple of prospects. You would not get this response. This town has spoken. The savvy sports town, the savvy sports fans of Minneapolis-St. Paul have spoken. Where does this rank among, like, Minnesota sports outrages all time? I mean, we... This is definitely far above the athletic director who got fired for like sending creepy text messages, right? Like, there's more outrage here. There's more, yeah. Than yeah. Than that. I'm trying to think. Definitely more outrage than any of the Twins' 96, 99, 100 lost seasons. Mm-hmm. Definitely more than letting Gardy go as manager. Uh, yeah. Is there any? Has there been any trade made? Has there been anyone that? That's the only thing I could. Has there been a fan favorite sent away, sent packing? Boy, I I'm trying to think off the top of my head here, and I, I can't. Know, man, this is a lot of makes sense. Like you never had to get rid of the circle function, but I'm just I'd love to know. I think we've I think we've nailed it here. Going back to Bert's original tweet from yesterday, I was just informed by Fox Sports North there will be no more Circle Me Bert and Minnesota Lottery winners for this upcoming season. Like which both of those are false. There <laughs> yeah. still will be Circle Me Bert. You yep. can just circle people, and the Minnesota Lottery is still going to have They're winners. Still on board. Yes. I want to thank all the fans that made signs over the past 15 years. Doesn't mean you can't still bring signs. I just have been handcuffed. In fact, they're going to duct tape my mouth, apparently, during the 80 games I'll be doing. I think I have the answer. (laughs) Greater fan outrage. Circle me Burtgate. Ragnargate. Oh, that's a great question. Nice work. You know what? Initially, well, I was going to say until people found out how much... I don't think people found out that Ragnar was was trying to get twenty thousand dollars per game, right? Wasn't that the number that he was trying to get twenty thousand dollars per game? Initially, they did not know because I think I think a bunch of us were alerted to that fact by sources saying, "Hey, there's a reason for this." Yeah. So, like the first wave yeah. of that news was the That's Vikings good, are parting ways with Ragnar, and everyone's like, "What? You can't part ways with Ragnar?" Parting, parting ways. It was. They've kicked him to the curb, mm-hmm. and yes. now he has to record Twitter videos uh, with an ode to the Packers. Yes, and yeah, then the second, the, but then the second wave was, oh wait, he wants how much money per game? He wants what is it? We're oh. good with Victor. Thanks. <laughs> what does it say about us as a sports town and sports fans, though, that our outrage is reserved for Circle Me Burton Regnar? That's true. We care more about you think in the mascot. You think in Boston? If they threaten to run off some Finway tradition, that well, they get the actually I mean, they might. Hold I don't on, know. hold on, hold on. Didn't who was the? They fired their color commentator a few years ago. No, they right? fired their play-by-play guy Don, play-by-play. Don Orsillo, who's now with the Padres. But wasn't there a ton of outrage over Don Orsillo's firing well, in Boston? That's what I'm saying. There might have been. I think there was. There might have been. I'm pretty sure there was a ton of outrage. Speaking of mascot outrage, where was the outrage to this level when Crunch broke the bleeping leg of Carl Anthony Towns' dad going on the? Uh, down the steps on his sled. He doesn't do that no more, you know. I know he doesn't do it anymore. There's a <laughs> shot, but he ah, do that. crunch will be crunch. <laughs> well, here's the best part, okay? 
not to bring Andrew Wiggins into this, but I'm going to bring Andrew Wiggins into this. Why not? Dude signs a $150 million contract and doesn't grab a rebound for like the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's fine. You got to stop being so hard on him. Wait, Burt's not going to circle people? Yep. <laughs> That's Turn down Target Field. That's what I'm saying. This guy's stealing money over here, and well, Burt might not be able to circle people. I'm never watching FSA ever again. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Bert saved my life the day he circled me, and now you SOBs won't allow it? What's going on here? But I was standing on the edge of the Hennepin Avenue Bridge, and the Fox Sports North cameras panned out for a B-roll shot. Bert circled me and saved my life. How dare you take his telestrator off of Fox Sports North? Uh, that's what I'm saying. But that's well, what You were here by circle. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But he will be, he, so, according to the latest tweet, if you're just joining us, Fox Sports North has either reached a compromise or has clarified the miscommunication. Just clarified it. Bert will still be allowed to circle people organically, however he wants, separate from the Minnesota State Lottery promotion, which will include fans sending pictures from the You know what this is? This is this is a lesson to the people at Fox Sports North. Never try and explain something to Bert again. Like just do it. Do you think he just got a phone call from a producer yes. or something? Yes. Hey, Bird, just want to let you know we're going to make some changes yes. to the Winter Circle thing this year, so just uh, keep that on your mind. All right, sounds good. Click. Tweet, tweet, tweet. Tweet, 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 tweet Not tweet. letting me do anything I want to do. Tweet, tweet, tweet. tweet. Uh-huh. Yes, I think that's exactly what happened. <laughs> okay, then. And he hung up, and he, and he, he tweeted. I still think my favorite part is the follow-up tweet, the, the initial FSN tweet after Bert did the old, like, kind of the pouty thing. Oh, Bert broke the news. Looks like the news is out. Bert broke it. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Bert. Thanks for breaking the news. Well, now that he's screwed up, he's probably got to go on TV and drop a couple F-bombs about how he bleeped this thing up. We got to bleep and start over. I oh, bleeped this tweet up. I got to... We're live, Bert. Oh, you were here by circle. Oh, that's so good. All right. So the NFL... <laughs> They're not circling anything. Circling the drain with these new rules. This is playing rule article 8. This is from NFL PR. It is a foul if a player lowers his head to initiate and make contact with his helmet against an opponent. The player may be disqualified. Applies to any player anywhere on the field. Mm -hmm. The player may be disqualified. Mm -hmm. This is extremely vague in that it doesn't say a player will be disqualified. It gives referees discretion to perhaps... Eject a player. It's not complete yet. Yes. You could maybe eject a player if you want to. And then the first part of it pretty much describes every NFL play in the history of football. Lowering your head and initiating contact with your helmet. I mean, offensive linemen on goal line plays, the whole objective is to lower your body beneath, right? Get leverage. Correct. Beneath a defensive tackle or a defensive end. A quarterback sneak, a running back that's hitting a hole, putting his head down into a linebacker, right? So you could you could pretty much eject someone on every play going forward if you're the NFL based on this definition, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, looking at the piece that our guy Seifert from ESPN wrote uh, from the meetings yesterday, and it says the competition committee initially planned to make lowering the helmet a 2018 point of emphasis rather than a rule change, but after a league-wide discussion Tuesday, owners instructed them to convert it to language that could be added to the rule book immediately, and thus they're going to do that, but it's still not clear. Uh, Seifert also tweeted this afternoon or this morning, the Packer president, Mark Murphy, 
who is also on the competition committee, downplayed the likely frequency of the National Football League's new helmet rule. He said, of all the film the committee has watched, perhaps five plays in recent years would qualify as penalty. Okay. So th- okay, so this go- this goes to what we talked about briefly yesterday. I like the catch rule because I feel that they it's not perfect, but I feel that in tweaking the catch rule, it at least is going to give you the ability to make calls that make more sense. So I'm not saying the catch rule wasn't previously clear. I just think in being clear, it led to some problems. But as Dave said, my biggest complaint about this time of year is when the owners and the competition committee sit down and make up rules that if you're watching games on tape from the previous season, you're like, well, let's change that. Let's change that. All right, how can Murphy say that this rule, that there's only five plays? This is, as I think you just said, completely open for interpretation. It is. This is going to be, this is going to be a month or two of craziness. I can see why you wouldn't want, you know, I mean, but they've already penalized players, defensive players anyways, for dive-bombing into defenseless receivers. Um, if you're a runner, if you're a running back, and, and you've established yourself as a runner— Defenders can then go helmet to helmet because you're not defenseless anymore. So it seems like they're taking that a step further. And I guess my big picture question here is, it, what's what's your goal? Is your goal to get rid of any helmet to helmet contact in the NFL? Because they're getting rid of helmet to helmet defenseless hits. That's already been a thing for like five or six years. But if your goal is to just get rid of all helmet to helmet or head to head impact to CYA, so to speak, yep. for CTE problems and these lawsuits you've been facing, yep. Well then, why not just just go go to the last yard line and get rid of helmets? I mean, rugby rugby doesn't use helmets, and I don't see a bunch of guys cracking their skulls open. They just learn how to tackle differently. So if your if your entire goal is to get rid of helmet to helmet contact, period, yep, and you don't even want those like little blows here and there that happen when offensive players charge into defensive players, then go extreme. Like, because to me, if you're going to write a nebulous, vague rule like this. Now we're just not. Now you're you're going to be. If you want, you can blow the whistle ten times per game. At what point do we stop trying to make a violent game a little less violent and either just allow grown men with, with, ideally, you know, all of the data available to make an educated decision about their careers and lives, or just go all in? Like this feels like a weird middle ground. This is where they're kind of trying to CYA. But it's not gonna. It's not gonna have the effect that they want. In, it's weird. In twenty five years, when when football or in th- thirty years, when football is either gone as we we know it or drastically changed, this is going to be a starting point for, for the the discussion. This completely changes things. But um, back to this, the Seifert story. According to NFL research, nearly one out of every two helmet to helmet hits caused a concussion in two thousand seventeen. So yes, they are they are very afraid because they understand that that they are liable for that and the league is afraid of lawsuits and I guess they should be. But this is if we are ever talking about football essentially being completely changed and or gone, that this is the starting point. And, and I don't know there's if no I would good go, answer here. I don't know if I'd go that far, but it's definitely it's definitely them saying, all right, we need to go more aggressive here in preventing brain damage, and we just want to, like, we need to take more of an extreme step. But it's hard to quantify what's helmet to helmet, so they're just giving permission to officials to be subjective and eject players when they see fit. But if I'm Tom Brady, quarterback sneaking, and I dive my head forward yep. into a defender, technically that falls under this definition, and if they wanted, they could eject Tom Brady, right? 
which yeah. would, would which would not be ideal. Every, so. every play, th- this is the the same as, as a hold. If you want to call this every single play, you can. Yeah. At the line of scrimmage, there will be these hits every single play. Yeah. Uh, let's switch gears here. Let's talk uh, baseball here. Dan Hayes from The Athletic will join us for our first installment of the Talking Twins season. The Twins have a 25-man roster finalized for now, anyways. So we can dive into some of that and more. Uh, Twins and Orioles just 20, 26 hours, 26 and a half hours away from the opener tomorrow. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Give each other $20, okay? Put it on Underhill. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Mackey and Judd are talking twins. Now, with the man who's in the clubhouse covering the team every day. Beat writer for The Athletic, Dan Hayes. Courtesy of Prime Mortgage Lending of Bloomington. Home is where your story begins. Look at that, Dan. You're, uh, you're, you're intro official now on the Mackey and Judd show. Dan Hayes, you've been christened. You're a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> that was very cool, uh, and it's the MLB the MLB Network voice guy too, Chris Corley. So it's even even doubly official. Uh, uh, you know what? Now uh, maybe if we can get John Facenda one time, you know, wow. just get the, the, Bring him. You know that I think everybody should like they should make a John Facenda voice uh, like repeater or something like that, where they just figure out ways to make the noise and and sound out everybody's names so they could hear it one time because that that would be the coolest voice to hear your name in ever uh, like a generator yeah. or something like that or what was <laughs> the uh, uh longtime yankee stadium pa announcer guy oh, uh, bob shepherd bob shepherd uh no, and now now on the mackie and judge show from the athletic minnesota dan hayes, hayes. the now athletic blogging. Yeah. Now blogging. <laughs> so tell us about uh for those of us who haven't been, been been following every inch of spring training ryan lamar is kind of a journeyman outfielder who makes the roster over zach grant at least for now, there could be waiver moves and stuff. But what do we know about him? How how long term is this? Is it just a stopgap for a minute? Uh, what are your thoughts on Ryan Lamar? I think that they like what they saw. He did a big swing adjustment where he just basically simplified everything. Actually, we'll get a little bit more into it later in the week because he he said that he basically tried to get ready for this potential role as a guy off the bench and wanted to make the swing a lot more, take out the complexities of it and just get himself ready to come in and hit a fastball off the bench. And, I mean, he had a fantastic spring, and you're right, Journeyman is a perfect description. He's played in quite a few spots. He's 29. You know, he has 37 major league plate appearances. I think he's two for 37 or something like that. So not a great track record, but he had such a good spring, and and I do believe that he's in no matter what, uh, even with waiver stuff. You know, uh, Paul Molitor was happy to tell him. And you could tell because we saw him talking to Ryan Lamar on Sunday when we were leaving Fort Myers. And Lamar was definitely inquisitive about, you know, what does this mean for me? Can I tell my family anything? And you could tell that Paul was a little frustrated that he couldn't say anything at that point. And they, I think, had a, a big agreement in place where after yesterday's game, uh, it was pretty final because. Lamar got to tell his family, and, and some of them may be here. We, we're not sure. He said that they were just screaming into the phone when he learned yesterday. <laughs> Pretty cool because you can tell how much work he put in, and he, he has to figure it at 29, and I'm, I'm guessing at this point, but he has to figure, you know, this is one of his last best chances um, to get a spot, and then he earned it. I mean, you know, he hit close to 500 this spring. His on-base was well over 500, and not that spring training stats matter, but I think when you put in a new swing and you try things out and it goes well, that's that's a good way to kind of back up and reaffirm the work you put in. 
Uh, what what's your your sense of this team now? I mean, are, are you thinking potentially playoff team? If if you had to uh, pick a win total, what would that be right now? I mean, I you know I could see again when you have fifty seven games against three teams that just are rebuilding. I think that all you if you play six hundred ball against that, which you should be able to do. If you're a good team, you're going to play six hundred ball against the Royals, the Tigers, and the Twins. I mean, uh, the Royals, the Tigers, and the White Sox. Sorry. Got to readjust my uh, my location here, but um, <laughs> Chicago it, bleeding it, back it, in, yeah, exactly, exactly. When you're when you're playing those guys 57 times, I mean, you really don't even have to play 500 ball against the rest of the league to get to 85 wins. So, I think the 85 wins at the minimum is is a, a good bet. I mean, look, anything can happen. They need Byron Buxton to be the second half guy, or at least 75 percent of the second half guy. They need Miguel Sano on the field. Uh, they're going to have to overcome the the loss of Jorge Polanco in the first half. Although, you know, the, you look at his numbers in the first half last year, and they weren't very good. So they were able to win 85 games without him being very good last year in the first half. So, I mean, they have some questions to answer, but there's so much more stability in that pitching staff, and and they've got you know better reserves by far comparatively. I mean, their AAA rotation and their AA rotation is a lot better off the way it is right now than it was a year ago. They, they thought they might need 20 pitchers last year, and they needed 36. And if they had to go 36 deep, you know, it could get ugly for any team that has to go 36 deep, but I think they would be better in the 1 through 20 than they would have been at you know this time last year. Yeah. Uh, well, let's do, just real quick on on the depth there. Fernando Romero was – I watched him a couple times just on MLB Network and just – Yeah. That guy throws incredible stuff. Sometimes he doesn't know exactly where it's going, but the, the numbers in the minor leagues back it up. And depending on what publication you read, he's either the number one or number two pitching prospect in the organization. How close is he? If they have an open rotation spot or somebody's struggling, is he like a – is he like a May call-up, or is it, hey, let's let this guy bake in the minor leagues for an entire year? How close do you think he is? I think he's closer to the majors as a relief pitcher than he is as a starter. I think that okay. they'd love for him to keep working on that changeup. Um, that's that's the goal. But, you know, when you have talent like that and you start to put it together, that's fast-moving talent. And, and I think that they know that. And so they're, they're keeping their options open. But I, I just don't know. I mean, injuries always occur, but they – they have some stability in the rotation, which is great for him because it allows him to pitch some more at double-A. I mean, we're talking about a guy with 215 innings the last two years. He needs to build up before. Now, that's going to be a big step for Jose Barrios this year is, is the jump from 144 to 180 and, and eventually 200. I mean, you you got to give your guys, your young guys, time to build up. And so, you know, after the surgery for Tommy John and then knee surgery, Romero's still kind of behind on that buildup. And, and so – Giving him more time as a starter is a great thing, and they've done that, and I think that was a kind of underrated part of the offseason is the fact that they could push Gonzalez, Steven Gonzalez, and him and Zach Littell and give those guys more time that they need to kind of hone it before they get to the major leagues and get thrown to the Wolves. What, in your mind, uh, is or should be the biggest concern for for this team as as they start? What would be one thing that you observed during the spring that leaves some uh, doubt or questions in your mind, Dan? I, it's not necessarily anything I observed during the spring because I think the bullpen pitched pretty well during the spring. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's been five guys who are 41 who have earned 20 saves in a season, and four of those guys are in Cooperstown. And Fernando Rodney is trying to join them. And I, I think he is in the right kind of mind space to do it. And physically, he seems like he's able to do it. And he had a really good second half. But 
you know, you just never know what you're getting out of a bullpen. And and they have a bullpen that the the three seem very steady, the veterans at the end. Uh, you know, Trevor Hildenberger had a rough spring and gave another home run yesterday. Um, you know, but beyond those three, you're you're kind of you've got a bunch of big potential and arms, but you don't know quite what you have. I mean, you have a Rule Five guy in Tyler Kinley. You have Gabriel uh, Moya, who made it, and he, you know he pitched a little bit at the end of last year. Has a little bit of experience. Uh, Presley's numbers never seem to match up with the stuff. I mean, he looks like he could be an elite reliever, and it's never quite worked that way. Um, and and Taylor Rogers is there. You you've got a group that potentially it could go one way or the other. And, you know, spring has been good for them. I mean, Zach Duke didn't give up a run. Addison Reed was great, and he obviously has a, a pretty good track record as a setup guy. But there's always that potential for, for misfiring. I think that is the area that, that needs to be proven. But, I mean, I would say that for a lot of teams as it is. Uh, if you want to read Dan's stuff, by the way, theathletic.com slash twins is a really easy way to uh, to see all of his stuff. Uh, Ken Rosenthal has a bunch of predictions about the uh, 2018 MLB season, which you can find on that Twins page as well. Back to Byron Buxton for a second. Yeah. So he, you mentioned his second half, and I agree. If he's even 75 or 80 percent, if you take his July 1st to the end of the year numbers and extrapolate for 162 games, it's absurd. It's it's he's the MVP. It's you know, obviously Gold Glove. It's 30 yeah. bombs. It's 40 stolen bases. It's a, it's a 900 OPS. Um, it's just insane numbers. So. What does the organization think about him and his ability to reach that ceiling in 2018? I like that they're starting him in the eighth spot, it looks like, yeah. in the order. Just the last year they said, guns blazing, you're the number three hitter to empower him, and it didn't work. So so go the other way this year seems like a good decision. It is, and, and getting Logan Morrison to push him even a spot further down is great. I mean, your lineup is lengthened. There's very little pressure on him to do it. I think that they're optimistic, but I think they also need to see the question answered, and I that's probably why the, they didn't full-on go for it with some of their, you know, with the U Darvish. I mean, I, I think they potentially could have got there money-wise if they wanted to, but I think they needed to see questions answered with this team, and, and they're not – I, I, I would bet that they think of themselves more as the 2015 Astros than the 2017 Astros, where they're in that, that mode where it's time to push now and this is our shot. I, I think they want to see their young guys – continue to answer it and Buxton was amazing in the second half and it's why they reached the playoffs but they definitely need to see him come out and replicate it he's a slow starter he talked about that and needing to fix that a little bit and I mean he's in the right mind spot mindset for it at this point Uh, he's confident he feels like he was at the edge of the cliff and came back from it and and so I think he feels good about where he is now he has to prove it and I think that again they're optimistic but they want to see that proof too Irv comes back when do you think I'm still going to say like May 6th, 7th. So not too bad. Okay. Yeah. I, he, he was actually made a lot of progress that last week. I mean, I was when, – when I can't remember what day road trip it was that we talked to him, um, but he still wasn't gripping the, uh, the baseball at that time, and there was still some swelling. But I do believe he should be playing catch around now. We have to check on that update. There's so many other injury stuff going on with Hughes and, you know, Zach Granite before he got sent down just to check on the – Irv kind of got put on the back burner, but I, I think he is uh, right around the point of playing catch and expects to be back right around May 1. But, you know, give it some extra time there, wiggle room, sure. and say May 6th. In your mind, is Hughes hurt here, or is it this a convenient uh, move to create a roster I'm, spot I'm going, until he's necessary? Yeah, I, I, it's definitely a hockey injury, lower body. What, where, <laughs> what, what hurts? 
lower body. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think this is just a stashing him. They don't need him till April 11th. He'll probably be out there in a couple of days uh, working in a minor league game and, and getting regular work up until late April 11th when they need him. It, you know, it sounded optimistic about him getting back pretty quick. And the fact that he didn't report it to them the day of, it was the day after his start. I, it just seemed like, um, you know, they knew what they, it was going to be tricky to keep him on the roster for a little bit. And they had some kids they wanted to keep and look at. And so I, I suspect he'll be fine April 11th. Yeah, it is, it is. I mean, that's one thing the twins did a great job of last year. Uh, well, it looks like that guy threw 45 pitches yeah, in a blowout game, and man, <laughs> looks like you might have a dead arm now, huh? No, my arm's fine. Uh, no, it's dead. <laughs> no, the paper cut he got after the game was yep. uh, it's just, vicious. So. Yeah, his blood was gushing and spewing everywhere. Uh, Dan Hayes from The Athletic. You can find his twin stuff, theathletic.com slash twins, and uh, he'll be joining us on a weekly basis during the season. So good stuff, Dan. We'll catch up next week. See ya. All right. Sounds great, guys. Thanks a lot. Uh, looking forward to that. He's a he's been in the division covering the White Sox in Chicago. He's on TV, radio, Phil, you good look, stuff. You look terrible, Phil Hughes. What? Why? I don't know, but you must be really sick. Boy, that looks like a really, really black and blue oblique. I don't know what you're talking about. Fifty <laughs> <laughs> day deal. Oh man, um, let's dive into some Chris Lindahl talk here for a second. Some talk about the number one Remax results team in the country for a reason these guys understand marketing chris i've seen chris he delivers marketing speeches and he goes to conventions and people from outside the real estate industry tap into his marketing expertise that he will apply to the sale of your home with his team i can speak from firsthand experience his team stepped into my condo about a year plus ago and they helped me earn a lot more money on the sale of it with their staging expertise, with their marketing and social media expertise, and creating a competitive environment for the sale of my home. And let's up the ante here, because the seven-day or walk-away free guarantee is in play for you guys right now. If the Chris Lindahl team can't sell your house within seven days, you can cancel and pay nothing. It's the seven-day or walk-away for free guarantee, and all you have to do to sign up for this is go to chrislindahl.com. That's Chris with a K. Or uh, you can stop by and call 763-401-SOLD to find out more as well. Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackie, Judd Zogad. What are you trying to prove here anyway? I'm studying the effect of negative reinforcement. Mackie and Judd. The effect? I'll tell you what the effect is. It's pissing me off. On 1500 ESPN. We will be celebrating opening day tomorrow by giving away copies of MLB The Show 18 throughout the four-hour Mackie and Judd extravaganza. Be listening 9 to 1 tomorrow for the ESPN Baseball Update chimes to sound off. When you hear it, be the fifth caller, and you will be a winner. Those chimes will play two times an hour. Do the math. That's eight times during the show tomorrow. Will you be a winner or a wiener winner? Just a oh, winner? No, it's a very... Come that's on. gone, we, too. We to Schweiger, too. That's gone, too. I've never too. been happy oh, with that, that but that's too. fine. Hormel, Roll of Fame, gone. gone. Love oh, the Roll of Fame. What about the, uh, what was the, did they have like a double play, the snapper mom down inning? That's gone. gone. It's been yes. gone. Gone. And then Circle Me Burt we thought was gone. Was almost gone. But it's not gone. George from Laverne, you've won yourself a walk behind snapper mower. Snapper mow him down was great. I loved it. I actually played high school baseball with a kid. Not, not joking. He struck out the side and I was running in from second base and heard him muttering to my, himself off the mound, 
And, uh, you know, Billy from St. Peter just won a brand new snapper <laughs> walk behind more. Wait, is a, a kid you coach or a kid no, you No, a kid play I with? played with. It was back an institution. I, I don't blame him. Yes. It yeah. was an institution. It was, I mean, it was, gone. it was wonderful trash talking. I'd just pr- fantastic. I'd prefer they give me someone that would mow the lawn for me. Like, I'd rather have my own lawnmower and they would just give me, like, an outsourced employee, you know, like once a week. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Save some time. Poor Thanks for the mower, but... Dan Hayes takes a job here, right? Cover the Twins. I'm covering the Twins. It's going to be great. Spring training, wrapping up. And it turns off the biggest story of the spring ends up being Circle Me Bird. Are you here by Circle? The mix of reactions we've gotten to, it's so split between casual fans who just like have these stories about grandma who passed away but was Circle before she died, like these heart-wrenching stories. And then there's Robert who emails, I wish they would permanently remove Bert altogether. <laughs> His analysis consists of reading from stat sheets and media guides. He offers zero, in all caps, analysis and doesn't tell any stories. Jeez. It's a Rawlings Gold Glove, he though. He tells some stories. They tell you. Um, and there's a bunch of others. I think the people who listen to us and follow us are mostly just, like, hardcore fans who want to hear more analysis. But the majority of Twins fans, and they do polling, there's a reason why Bird has been around for, like, 20 or 25 years, because he appeals to the casual fans. Charming. He's very charming. He's... He's likable on TV, and he's charming until he's passive aggressive, and then he's not so charming. I'm California sure if you're Fox Sports North. Hey, it's my yep. birthday. <laughs> oh, his birthday's coming up too, I right? Oh, it's always early it April. Uh huh. It's gonna be a big one. How old is Bird now? Is he pushing seventy? Sixty? He's got to be. I would guess he's mid. I would guess he's mi- probably mid sixties. Yeah, at least. Hmm. Um, yeah, William tweets an amazing. What Bert's whining can accomplish. First the Hall of Fame, now the circle is back. Wow. 66. He'll be 67 yeah. on April okay. 6th. I like Bert. Well, I, to- I-, I told you when I put the question out in my own Twitter timeline last night, the vast majority of people can't stand Bert now. But that's your but, timeline. But then, right, right. But, hardcore... but, then, but then when Bert tweeted his passive-aggressive thing about this, it's all gone after 15 years, no more circle me, all those folks... as, as you alluded to before and read were very upset that Bert was not going to be able to circle yeah. people, and now he is. But I don't think the I don't think the plan was to ever have it go away completely. Circle me, Bert. Vent lines are open. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. from the TCL Broadcast Studios. It's Randy in Cottage Grove. What's up, Randy? Hey, Randy. Oh, uh, hi. Uh, just uh, you know, doing doing my thing. You know, doing what I do. That's all. Uh, did, did we see that you have a mock draft? Uh, we were following you on Twitter earlier. It looks like you were mocking at some point here in the last couple of days. I'm, well, I'm always mocking. You know, mockers don't stop. We we just update. We refresh. You know, we we keep it's a constant, uh, perpetual beta, as they say. Um, so it, uh, it, I'm at a one, about a one point three at this point, but I'm not ready to. Your call blood it. alcohol I, level, or the number of mock drafts you've done? That's not nice. No, I, I I don't I don't hit I don't go out till noon. Okay, no here here's here's that this is not my mock's not ready and when it is you guys will we'll see if I want to debut it on on your station. I don't know what do you what's the offer? You can let me know. But uh, hmm. here, didn't know there had to be an offer. Here's what I called about, and I, I'm not my mock isn't ready. Okay, don't distract from my point. My point was this. Okay, Bert, uh, the circle thing. It's a bad thing, and it's got to go. It's it literally, literally led to the end of the marriage before this one for me. Literally. Wait, 
You're saying the circle me, Bert, Bert circling? The circle me, Bert, led to a marriage ending for you? This was at uh, the Hubert Humphrey uh, Stadium, the whatever, the, the Metrodome, as, as they call it. And um, he was circling one of the winners or one of the people. And uh, uh, old Randy was in the background with uh, someone else, as I'll just say that. And I didn't realize the circling was happening. And uh, I, I was not with my then my my former wife my wife before this wife and uh she she got wind of it from some friends and um they they happened to be at a sports establishment watching uh you know hanging out playing um, bingo bar bingo but but it was on and everyone saw the circling and in the background i was just let's just say what i was doing was was a moment of passion i'll just put it that way and it was it was obviously not with her and it, and I was caught, as they say, red-handed, okay? And I was not the one who was circled. I was a row or two behind, but I was no way getting out of that one. And someone got it on tape, and I get home, and she says, Randy, did you have a good time at the game? And I said, yeah, I did. I had a great time. Why? And the next thing I know, I'm packing my bags, and we are in court, and it's over. So, Bert, okay, you got to be a little more discreet with who you're circling and what's going on in the background. Don't be a bozo and just start circling stuff without seeing. Maybe there's something in the background here that isn't a PG, as they say, okay? So get rid of it. It's a dangerous thing, and it ruins marriages. Are right, you here by circle? I had a couple follow-up questions, but he always seems to hang up before the follow-up oh, questions. Wasn't going to happen. I feel like... How many Maybe old Randy isn't taking full responsibility for his actions. Is he on two or three now? Marriages, that would be. Well, that's two that we know of, for sure. Yeah, I so don't know if there was one before that one. He said this, the one um, that broke up was the one before current. Yeah, he never said first marriage. Yeah. He said before current. It could have been his sixth marriage, for all we know. I, I can see Bert, the problem. It's like the third guy to blame there. A, you blame yourself. You're the one cheating. B, you got to blame the cameraman. You got to get a nice tight shot in there, right? I don't even blame the cameraman. I mean... I'm just saying you blame the cameraman before you blame Bert. Bert's just there to circle. He can't help what's on the screen. It's not Bert's fault. No. No, it's not Bert's fault. I blame the woman because who would want to be caught with that guy? Randy? He said. Moment of passion. Clearly multiple women. (laughs) Yeah? Apparently so. There was love that night at the Metro. You were here by circle. (laughs) Okay, then. A moment of passion. Moment of passion. What base do you think they were rounding? Two rows behind the... uh, person being circled those stadiums you never know (laughs) empty twins game could have been third 